Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 292 is with Coach Bill Courtney from the podcast An Army of Normal Folks. Don't be a turkey person. Coach, my God, you continue to motivate and move people through so many questions because we all have them. We just don't know where to get answers. And you've got this courage to step through and say, hey, look, let's sit down and have a conversation. Let's just talk. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that it's pretty clear that um, the national media is incented by a lot of power and wealth to craft narratives that keep us from crossing lines and having conversations. And uh, it's tearing, apart, tearing us apart at the threats. And um, I don't know how we can lead and serve people that we don't understand. And I don't know how we can understand people if we can't sit down and talk. Well, it feels like the new acceptable is my assumption. Or or here's the thing that I write about all the time. I'm guilty of writing the story before the event actually happens. And when the event is taking place, I have it all wrong, but I won't admit that I have it wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately, it exists um, throughout our media, our social media, and even in our politics. And it's uh, tearing us apart, which is exactly why um, I believe an army of normal folks is so important because I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, male, female, Christian, Hindu, agnostic, Jewish. I don't care what you look like, how you think, how you vote or who you love. If you do something uh, for someone else in your community mm-hmm. that's good, I can celebrate that. It crosses the boundaries. And if we have that community of people serving one another as a foundation, um, maybe we can start have conversations and, and grow from there. Listeners need to understand that when we talk about community, we're not just talking about the neighborhood. We need to talk about the community. If you've got a certain region of your town or your city, and I mean, work with that. Work with the people that make up that particular area. That's right. Find find an area of need in your world. What, what I say often, Arrow, is... When your passion and discipline or your passion and talents, when your abilities and your passion meet opportunity is when amazing things can happen. And all we have to do is take stock and inventory of what we're passionate about and what we're good at and then find opportunities of need in in our community and plug that passion and discipline into that area of need and amazing things can happen. And what if we had millions of people with that mindset across mm-hmm. this country, a literal army of normal folks doing just that and serving for the right reasons? Not only could we fix a lot of sadness in and around our community, maybe we could create the foundation for a community of people of all different sizes, belief sets, and stripes and shapes that have now this commonality to grow from. I shared a quote on iHeartRadio this morning that I thought, wow, I hope people understand it. We can't guzzle a steaming hot cup of coffee. Why are we trying to devour life in a matter of minutes? And I think so many times that's where we make our biggest mistakes because we want it all to be perfect right now, coach, right now. (laughs) You know, uh, when I came up, uh, when it was time to, to get home from school, we 
tried to get out of doing homework or maybe did our homework first, but then everybody went out in the neighborhood and played kick the can or hide and go seek. And, and when you were at the dinner table, if a friend called you, uh, you didn't answer the phone or you said, I'll call you back once supper's over. And we, we, our days evolved, our news cycles evolved, our lives evolved. And now only three decades, four decades later, everything's instant instant text instagram mm-hmm. uh instant phone um how many times do you see families at a dinner table at a restaurant and they're all on their cell phones yep. they're not even engaged with each other it's all about information and 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 everything we want at our fingertips right now with no evolution where we don't get to enjoy the process of discovery and and i think that that addiction to instant gratification instant news and instant everything uh tears away at our humanity mm-hmm. yeah i have i have myself in zones now where and god it's been a tough journey where i cannot go anywhere near my email or anywhere near the social media because i'm not going to get my job done if that because i'm going to spend all my time on that smartphone you know something that's really interesting um, Pew Research did a deal, and I actually did an op-ed on this that was published, but briefly it was 90 or eight, some high percentage, 85% of respondents said that they know that all of the information they get from the national news media like CNN and Fox and CNBC and all of that, they know it's shaded yep. to one to one slant or another. They know that everything they see on social media is to be looked at through a, a – a, a pausing lens because they know most of it yet the same respondents 80 something percent said they spend a, about three hours to three and a half hours a day enveloping themselves with the content so we know the content's not right we know the content's shaded we know it's inaccurate and we know it divides us yet like sheep we fill ourselves with the content on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. To me, it is just speaks to how, how so messed up we are knowing we're getting fed crap, but sitting to the table and gorging on crap every day. Yeah. It makes no sense. We've got to change our approach. But see, that's why we need your podcast, because it's, I mean, we're not going to openly talk about it because we can't find anybody. But you bring it to us. And all of a sudden, you now give us that that little bit of light to say, well, what would happen if I did bring it up in the conversation? We just need somebody that's going to coach us. I, I hope that's what we're doing with an army of normal folks. I mean, we're we're taking normal people who have normal money problems, normal issues But despite not because they're, you know, an A-lister or a trust fund baby, they're not doing something in their communities because it's perfect. No, I'm interviewing normal people who have kid problems and financial problems and relationship problems, and they're still doing amazing things in their community, not because they're wonderful people, but despite their normal people difficulties and affecting positive change that's the that's the beauty of an army of normal folks normal folks using their discipline and their passion and filling areas of need and their community and can you imagine if we had millions of people across this country doing that work and celebrating one another 
the the conversations that we could have and the and the barriers and boundaries that could be broken down around that let's take that word normal because i'm a word freak i'd love to look things up and i like to see if we're actually using those words correctly do we even know what normal is because i'm told every day from people oh i'm so depressed i have no feelings wait a second numb is a feeling so so when it comes to normal is it is it still just being a regular person without a red bull without something inside of our body Arrow, that is such a fair question. We actually, before launching, we've only been out four and a half months, but we did a year and a half of work to to get to our launch. Wow. And one of the arguments was, is normal the right word? Should we be an army of average folks? Should we be an army of regular citizen folks? And and the thing, the reason we decided on normal is that's what came out of my mouth when I first said it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I just off the cuff said, you know, I just in answer to an interview question, I said, honestly, when asked, what do we got to do to change our culture? I just said, you know, it's always been kind of about we the people. And I think it's just going to take an army of normal folks. Mm-hmm. And so with regard to the exact definition of normal and what normal is, because Trust me, normal in Memphis, Tennessee, and normal in Los Angeles, and normal (laughs) in Chicago, and normal in Seattle are all different realities. Mm -hmm. So I think normal should be looked at a lens as how it pertains to the way you view yourself. I would buy a t-shirt in a heartbeat that said, act your normal. And because, I mean, that, that you know, first of all, that's a conversation starter, but just be normal. And I, I believe in the theory that, because I, I did a project back in 2002 that was called, They Think I'm Weird, So I Proved It. I accepted being weird. We need to accept being normal. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's there's groups of people that one group would say they're weird and all the weird group think they're normal. So <laughs> I, I think I think normal really is as it pertains to yourself. I, I think the point about an average of normal folks and the word normal, what an army of normal folks, what normal means is um, that you don't look in the mirror and you think of yourself somebody special because you're doing something good for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Just normal, just serving, just average, just, you know, what can I do with my talents? That's normal. And so, again, I think normal is how you view yourself. We have another issue in this nation right now, and and, and because I can, I can look up your track record in a heartbeat and understand why we love and trust you as the coach. But there's a lot of coaches out there that kind of remind me of the false idol theory, and, and they're calling themselves coach, and they're getting people to follow them, and that scares me because I'm not finding credentials here to make them a coach. Well, that's a really good segue into the turkey person story. Nice. Because I think it speaks to exactly what you're talking about. Um, We've got a billboard that went live on Monday in Times Square, New York City, that says, don't be a turkey person. (laughs) And it invites people to go to turkeyperson.com. That uh, is a a 10-minute well-produced video clip on what a turkey person is and the dangers of being a turkey person and the dangers of being a turkey person are are fraught with exactly what you're talking about these false prophets this this 
these people that that have leadership positions but are serving themselves and like you said coaches that uh aren't coaching the right things and um it you know the whole turkey person thing is what i love i mean the the movie undefeated was my last year at manassas Um, long before any cameras showed up seven years previous was my first year at Manassas. And that's when I learned, um, really, uh, uh, probably one of the top three lessons of my life, what a Turkey person is dealing with that Turkey person, because so many times we're going, ah, oh, no, 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 there's no way. There's no way. I mean, because I come from this huge, massive church and everybody says that we're a cult and I, I sit there, I'm, I'm a naysayer. I'm going, stop, stop, stop. We are not, we are not, we are not. How do I know we're not? I mean, I, I just, I just, we, we all put our own feelings first without listening to others around us. Well, yeah. Um, halfway through my first season of Manassas, we were three and three. Mm-hmm. And now Arrow, when I got to Manassas, there were 17 kids on a varsity high school football team and they'd won four games in 10 years. Their previous 10 years record was four wins and 95 losses. Woo. All right. Right. Yeah. So halfway through that first season, we're three and three. And I think three and three is kind of average, but huh, when, when you've won four games in 10 years, they thought I was kind of a, fat redheaded version of Pete Carroll or somebody (laughs) at three and three. Right. And so we're talking about one of the poor zip codes in the United States and one of the most crime ridden zip codes in the United States where Manassas sits. And so we knew we had to coach football, but we quickly learned we also need to start coaching basic fundamentals and tennis that lead to a meaningful life long after the days of playing football are over, like character, commitment, integrity, uh, leadership, mm-hmm. teamwork, the dignity of hard work. And so we start coaching that. Now, Arrow, halfway through that first season, we're three and three. And the whole team, because we're three and three, is buying into football, right? But only half the team is buying into that important stuff. And so I went to my guy. Every coach has a guy. And I went to my guy and I said, hey, man, I'm really frustrated. What do I got to do to get that half the team to buy into the important stuff like you're half the team? And this is the guy that I went to early on and and really helped fill in some blanks for me and a piece of society I didn't really yet understand. And so I knew he'd give me the answer, but instead he kind of just dismissively said, oh, coach, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like, no, man, I'm really frustrated. Why can't I get that half the team to buy in the important stuff like you're half the team? And he said, coach, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I said, enough, dude, what's up? And he said, all right, coach, they're trying to figure out if you're a turkey person Mm. or not. And Arrow, I said, what are you talking about, bro? And he said, coach, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, people roll into our neighborhoods and they give us gifts and hams and turkeys. And we take them because we ain't got none. But then they leave and we never see them again. Makes you wonder if they're doing that to make themselves feel good or because they care about us. Mm. And he looked me dead in the eyes. He said, Coach, really, what are you doing here, man? And and Arrow, if if your church or the people you know or if your listeners serve in soup kitchens or give away turkeys on Thanksgiving or gifts to the needy at Christmas, that's a beautiful thing. It should not be disparaged. And that is not the point or the moral of the turkey person's story. The moral is this. What's your motive? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you doing it because people around you pat you on the back and it makes you feel good? Are you doing it because your business has a philanthropy and it's a box you check 
so that when you get your next raise, you can say you're involved in it? Are you doing it because it makes you feel good? Or are you doing those works for the simple edification of a number of human being that isn't as blessed as you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if you're motivated by the right things and you're not a turkey person, amazing things can happen. But if you're motivated by your own self-interest, even though you're doing a good deed, if the motive isn't right, you're never going to win the people you seek to lead. You're going to think I'm weird or, or I'm a very mean person because when I do share those gifts during the holiday season, they have to give me a guarantee that we're going to spend the next 52 weeks. It can be once a week. It can be once every other week. But we have to get together, have a conversation, use what it is that they're receiving and and really kind of get involved in, in, in building up their mind, body and soul. I, I, I put that no. they, they have to agree with me to be with me for a year. I don't think that's I don't think that's bad at all, because the other part of the turkey person story is motive and consistency. And all you're doing is trying to remain consistent in the lives of those you seek to serve. And you're motivated by them growing themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing that that's that's exactly what we need. That all right, arrow. If we had millions of people across our country doing that, literally an army of normal folks serving, being committed, being motivated by the right things and engaging in community. I don't care if you're black, white, Asian, Latino, gay, straight, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, progressive, Democrat, Republican, conservative. I don't care what you are. All of these things that divide us, all of these things that are stopping us from being able to have conversations, regardless of who you are, what you look like, how you vote, who you love or where you come from, I can absolutely celebrate you if you're doing something for another person in your community. And if you're motivated by the right things and you're consistent. And so that's the beauty of an army of normal folks is think of what we can change, but also think of the foundation we can lay for us to start having open, civil, non-threatening conversations about the stuff that matters because we have a foundation of mutual respect for our service. Mm -hmm. How long does a new idea have to ferment inside of you before you start putting it through the test? Because I'm a defragger. I have to ask the questions and question the answers and see if it really is a tool that I can use in the everyday world. I've got a business I started in 2001 with $17,000 and uh, we'll do almost 80 men in sales this year. I've got 150 employees. I've got office in Shanghai, office in Ho Chi Minh City, wow. and a 50-acre manufacturing facility here in Memphis. Um, you learn quickly that uh, practice does not make perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect practice makes perfect. That's right. That's right. And, and you have to plan. You have to – a buddy of mine used to say – even if your business is in great shape every two years, you need to create a catastrophe. And what he meant was not literally, but in your mind, create what would happen if this happened, what would happen if that happened? So that when something like that does happen, you've already prepared for the eventuality mm-hmm. of difficulties. All of this is to say, yeah, you got a plan. You got a bet. You got to really think about your narrative. You got to think about how you're communicating the very words you use. You've, you've got to work very, very hard on your messaging um, so that it, it really does articulate exactly what you want to articulate and does um, attempt to achieve 
the goals that you really have for you, your organization, and the people inside your organization, whether it's a business, your family, or a philanthropic effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you're wise in what you said. And yes, I think you, you plan hard. And it's just like this turkey person billboard that's in Times Square right now. Um, you know, Alex, my producer, has been, been working on that for nine months. Um because we wanted to pull off an initiative that would reach people and maybe maybe matter and help grow an army of normal folks. And so, yeah, you, you do plan, but um, perfect planning, perfect work leads to proper execution. When you plant that billboard up there in New York City, you can't think about the number of people you're reaching, can you? Because, I mean, we all want that instant sat- satisfaction. But the thing about it is, though, is that you put up that billboard and you, you have to say, OK, we did it. Now let's walk away and let's get the after effects of it because they're going to reach out to us. But we can't just put everything into them being here right now. No, it's very simple. It's a it's a billboard with two people, a man and a woman dressed in very typical Americana holiday outfit. And from the neck up, instead of their faces, it's two turkey heads. And it just says, don't be a turkey person. Turkeyperson.com. That simple. And then people look at that, hopefully, and say, okay, that's weird. Uh, What is this turkeyperson.com? And they go to that, and they see a 10-minute, really well-produced video um, explaining the story, going through it, that is then linked with an army of normal folks to get people to understand, oh, this is about service. This is about growing a community across our country of people serving, and this is about Regardless of who you are, where you come from, we can all exact some measure of change in our world, and we just need to do it in a committed way and for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, the president shared a quote that was very eye-opening. He said that the end of democracy is not found at the end of a barrel. It's in the silence, the silence. And so when I listen to your podcast, I'm going, the coach is not being silent. We need more people like the coach. Man, I, (laughs) Arrow, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I grew up believing uh, in the mantra that I may vehemently disagree with every word that comes out of your mouth, but I will defend with my life your right to say it. Oh, wow. And I, and I fear that my kids are growing up in a world that says I may vehemently disagree mm-hmm. with what you say. And now I'm going to spend all my time trying to crush and cancel and mute you. <laughs> and, I, and I think that is the beginning. If you think January 6th was an assault on our democracy, which I could argue it certainly was, because one of the cornerstones of our democracy is the peaceful transfer of power. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you buy into those notions, those 30,000-foot views of the importance of the cornerstones of our republic, that I would argue equally destructive and equally damaging and an equal threat is our canceling people's right yes. to speak. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we have got to get back to honoring folks' right of opinion and the civil, non-threatening, but very real conversations that should be had so that we can all grow and understand each other, and then in an effort of that growth and understanding, serve to better our republic and our own lives. 
but it's not going to be the national media and the government does it because they've screwed it up. It's going to be an army of normal folks who are not turkey people motivated by the right things that can change this ill that's invoking our people. Wow, I love where your heart is. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Coach. The door is always going to be open. Arrow, I can't thank you enough for having me, and and God bless, and have a have a happy Thanksgiving. Don't be a turkey person. <laughs> I'm not going to be a turkey person. That, my God, that's why I keep journals so I don't become a grumpy old man or a turkey person. I don't want to be either one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you be brilliant, okay? Thanks, bro.